Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome back to the Counter Trade Podcast. We're back in action. We're heading into week three of the Washington Redskins football season to get ready to take on the Chicago Bears on Monday night. And they can probably use that extra bit of practice. Uh, we actually had a chance here the past couple weeks to break down some film. I actually had uh, just finished breaking down the last game against Dallas um, late, early, earlier on this week. And there's a lot of things that actually... Uh, that I liked. There were some things that uh, obviously that we did not like uh, from last week's game. There were some improvements from week one to week two, but the biggest thing that stays in uh, in question is the Redskins' inability to make adjustments um, at the second half. Uh, again, once again, they get destroyed in the second half of, of this football game uh, against Dallas. Things that they're going to need to improve upon uh, as they head into Chicago. Now, Redskins fans, I don't know if I want to hit the panic button just quite yet, but there uh, were some things that uh, that could give you some hope uh, heading into week three against Chicago. Not even taking a look at the Bears matchup yet. Let's just talk about breaking down the film, uh, having a chance to have him watch it. Uh, Case Keenum continues to impress. Uh, Keenum did a nice job orchestrating the offense. 
for the Washington Redskins uh, in both week one and week two. Uh, he's done a good job of finding the open receivers, making the right decisions, and getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Uh, but that doesn't mean that Case has been 100% um, perfect uh, in his starts. Uh, we can go back to the Dallas game, the first quarter uh, possession. He actually had a chance, uh, that deep pass they threw to Terry McLaurin, uh, on the first play of the uh, play of the game, uh, it was actually a poor throw. Uh, McLaurin had a step on the defender. If you watch, you can go back and watch the film on it. He had a step. Keenum needed to lead him to the wide side of the field, lead him towards the uh, we're facing into the direction of where the Redskins were going, lead him towards the right side of the end zone. Uh, in fact, uh, and and let Terry kind of run the ball down. He had a step on the defender. He had inside position, uh, but Case. Um, threw the ball more towards the left side, let the defender kind of get in, the, uh, get back into the play. He was a little late on the throw. Uh, there were a couple times where he did miss some chances. There was a chance uh, in that second quarter as well where he had a chance to hit Paul Richardson. I believe it was in the second quarter. I should have wrote it down. But uh, he had a chance to hit Richardson deep. Instead, he went with the check down and the dump off. Um, so there were there was there were some big play opportunities for the Redskins to, to hit um, that they that Keenum just didn't. I can go back to the first quarter again as well. Uh, I believe it was on the third down play where uh, excuse me it was the second down play where he hit Jeremy Sprinkle. Uh, Sprinkle picks up the first down after a gain of 12. Uh, if you watch and go back to the film, he actually had a guy deeper over the middle uh, that would you know would have been a larger chunk um, chunk gain. Uh, for the Redskins, big big play opportunity there, but uh, uh, nonetheless, that play ended up working out. Uh, there was a play later in the game where he also had, uh, if he had gotten the ball in the hands uh, of the receiver a little bit sooner, uh, the, you know, the play could have been made. Uh, Trey Quinn could have made a, a bigger and better play on it, but uh, you know, uh, Case got it to him a little late. But one thing that I have noticed though, he's it, again, he's getting the ball out of his hands quickly. He's he's giving the receivers a chance to make some plays. Uh, the one thing that I've noticed going back and looking at the tape for the first two games is that uh, the pass protection has actually been very good. Yeah, the Redskins, need, they're going to have to cut down on the holding penalties, but in general, the pass protection for Washington has been pretty, pretty good. Um, and that's something that you want to see. That was, again, a question mark coming into the regular season is how would the offensive line kind of hold up? How would the offensive line uh, uh, play? And, and through two games, for the most part, uh, Foster and, and um, Donald Penn have done a, a, a pretty good job uh, of holding down the uh, left, uh, the left side of the offensive line. Now the right side we knew was always going to be, uh, we knew was going to be uh, not a problem. Uh, Sheriff, there were a couple times looking at the film uh, where he's been a little bit high in run blocking, uh, some a strength of his, uh, but he does such a good job of moving his feet that he's still able to, uh, you know, create some running lanes and create some holes. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about the Redskins running backs and and, and Adrian Peterson. Um, but the left side of the line has done a pretty good job. I, I had a feeling coming into camp, uh, coming out of camp, that Donald Penn would play much better at left tackle than he did the previous year at right tackle. We went over this a couple weeks ago. How the footwork is a uh, is different from left to right side, and, and a guy who had spent his entire career on the left side, moving to the right, he struggled with that footwork. He struggled with his hand position. Well, we've seen him do a nice job so far uh, in pass pro. Uh, we've seen him handle, and there seems to be good communication between the two of them on the on the left side. Uh, Dallas ran a few stunts. The Redskins uh, did a really good job of, of uh, passing the blockers off and reading the stunts and the twists up front um, to, to create uh, some good pockets for Keenan to throw in. Now, going back to Case, and this is where I wanted to get to, there were times looking at the film where he's actually 
bringing pressure to himself. There were a couple opportunities um, in the game where uh, Case actually scrambled out of the pocket um, and actually brought pressure into himself. He, he bailed out to the right side, um, and, and, and in doing so, he brought the defensive end off, off of Morgan, uh, Morgan Moses excuse me, and into his face and cause some pressure. There were a couple other times where the where Moses and Penn did a nice job uh, kicking their defenders out, and, and Case didn't climb the pocket, um, and again, causing him to not be able to step into his throw and, and feeling that there was more pressure than there needed to be. He's got to do a better job of that, sensing the pressure step up in the pocket, uh, because they have created uh, quite often a few cavities for him to step up. Now, Case is not exactly the tallest quarterback, uh, so he kind of, uh, with those big bodies in front of him, uh, it might be a problem for him to climb that pocket. But he's got to have to climb the pocket a little bit better, uh, something that I noticed be a little bit more patient, um, you know, with looking down the field instead of checking down. Uh, you know, that's been a thing where uh, we've been, you know, Redskins fans have been complaining for a while. That was the Kirk Cousins special, right, where, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd sit there in the pocket and automatically go right away to the check down. Um, was afraid to take the shots. Case hasn't shown that he's afraid to take the shots deep. Uh, he's, he, but he's done, if he doesn't see it right away, he's willing to get it down to the to the backs and and check it down and let uh, let them make some plays. Um, so through through two games, he's been a pleasant surprise. He's been very good for the Redskins. He's been more than uh, capable of running the offense, and he looks like a guy that you know if the Redskins had had some better support. Uh, around him in weeks game, games one and two, uh, whether that's on the defensive side or in the run game or even in the coaching game plan, uh, that, you know, or just even playing against a different team, uh, Case looks like the guy that can win you some football games at this point. You know, he's 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 got that ability. He's shown that control and understanding of the offense, where uh, you know there's some things there to be excited about uh, to the run game, and, and this has been the biggest uh, conversation point here for the past couple of weeks now. Um, you know, Darius Geis obviously goes down. It's been discussed. Uh, Adrian Peterson steps in now as the, as, as the lead feature back. And after, you know, rushing for over 1,000 yards last year, it seems like, you know, that would have been the reasonable thing. But it doesn't seem like he fits in with what Gruden wants to do. And, you know, having a chance to look back at the tape, I can see why Gruden is a little bit hesitant. Um, you know, it was it was tough, pl uh, you know, plowing there for, for Peterson uh, against Dallas, and, and, and it's not really all that much to blame on the offensive line, having to take a look at some of the tape. There were some missed blocks, don't get me wrong. Uh, there was, uh, if you go back to the first quarter, uh, Peterson had that nice stretch play to the outside uh, that ended up getting called back on a holding on, on Sprinkle. I didn't think, looking back at the tape, it still doesn't look like a hold, uh, but going further back, looking at that, even evaluating even more, Peterson's making decisions too quickly. He's not being... Um, as patient as you would like, um, and I'm not sure that he has that quick lateral movement to, for the cutback uh, that we've seen him have a in the past, uh, but something that maybe Redskins fans have been hoping for with Geist to be able to do, but you know, even in the first game, we didn't get a chance really to see that uh, as he looked like he was banged up from the beginning, but what I'm getting to is there were several times on several occasions where the Redskins offensive line did a nice job blocking up front, uh, creating a few holes. Um, and some cutback lanes that AP just missed. Uh, he, he was um, stayed front side and, and was going to just stick his head head down and, and gain a couple yards where uh, there was play in the, the middle of the first where he had a cutback to the, through the back door uh, that he'd probably still be running today on. Uh, so there, there were some there were some opportunities where if if 
the skins continue to block and the Redskins have been known to be a zone blocking up front um, and, and when you when you zone block up front it's you're, everybody's blocking an area but it's it's about create, creating avenues and lanes and sometimes those avenues and lanes aren't exactly where uh, it's originally designed for you got to have some patience because the defense will in some ways dictate where that hole is going to be when they shut down or, or let's say they twist or stunt up front or they slant to the you know one side as to the other sometimes the cutback lane or uh, will, will appear you know right away or sometimes it'll appear you know in, in a step or two and it might not be in the direction that you originally had you know the play had been designed for where it's on the back side uh ezekiel elliott watching the tape he missed a few of those as well for dallas where the redskins front was getting washed in in, in one direction and zeke stuck his head up the middle where if he had cut back against the green or he had cut back to where there was a hole just maybe one or two gaps uh to the opposite side of where he went he'd still be running for days um, and we'll get to the Redskins' defensive performance in a bit. But there were things, having haven't uh, evaluated the tape, where uh, if you were watching it on TV, you were watching it, uh, you know, from the stands that you just didn't quite see. And uh, it looked like the Redskins were having a hard time blocking up front. That really wasn't actually all the case um, all the time. They had created some avenues and some lanes. There was some decent push up front. Uh, like I mentioned Sheriff uh, a little bit earlier ago where he did, he, he's been a little bit high. On, on a couple occasions, uh, but he does such a good job of using his lower body and, and moving his feet that he creates these little creases where the backs have to stay within, you know, stay on his hip and then look to bounce. Um, with that being said, you know Peterson's going to have to be a little bit better. Uh, he's going to have to run with his, eye, you know, with his head up and with his eyes, and uh, he's going to have to feel a little bit more. And you know what? That very well can just come with time, too. Uh, he, he did not play week one, played sparingly in the preseason. That's a guy that's got to get back into his rhythm, get back to seeing what he uh, seeing what he needs to see on the football field where he can be effective uh, with those cutback lanes. But I think there were several missed opportunities where uh, if AP had a chance to do it over or chance to look back out in the film, he'd say it himself that there were some lanes there. He could have uh, ripped off some bigger runs than he actually did. Uh, he could have gotten 8, 10, 15 yards instead of just 2 or 3 with just a little cutback lane. Um, so the, so, the, so that's the, the main the main takeaway from, from the uh, from the run game. I thought actually uh, Groot and the offense did some really nice scheme uh, and some nice play calling there, especially in the first couple of quarters. Uh, they really did. They really had Dallas off rhythm. They had themselves in a good rhythm. Uh, holding penalties are again killing the Redskins offense. Uh, you know, I think they had like seven uh, penalties or seven holding penalties or something outrageous along that number. I'd have to go back and take a look, uh, but that's 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 too much. Uh, and I think anybody can you know would know that. But some of them were absolute drive killers. I mean, you, you, they they were drive killers before you even started the drive. When you're getting behind the chains, you just can't catch up. Um, and, and and that's something this team's going to have to avoid doing is getting behind the chains. With self-inflicted panel, uh, with self-inflicted, you know, harm, and, and that's what holding penalties are. Penalties in general are, are just self-inflicted pain the Redskins are putting on themselves. They're gonna have to be a little bit better with uh, moving forward. Uh, so uh, positives there. Case Keenum's looked good. I thought the offensive line has actually played very well for two straight weeks. Uh, the pass protection's been really good. Uh, when you get down in the game, everybody knows that you're going to be throwing the football, and they still give Keenum some time to make some plays. Uh, the run game needs to get on track. Again, I think that's a part of the running backs. I thought saw in week one, 
Geis missed some cutback holes, uh, some cutback lanes, and, and he was a little impatient. I don't know if that's partly because, you know, his, his knee was bothering him, and, um, you know, that could very well have played a factor. And then, like I said, against uh, Dallas, Adrian Peterson missed uh, some lanes and some holes as well, where uh, I think he needs some time to get back in a rhythm, and he probably could be a little bit more effective uh, running the football there for, for Washington. Now, the biggest thing, obviously, it, it has been the Redskins' defense. Jay Gruden coming out after the game saying how he was not uh, looking to move from Greg Minuski. There was two things that I uh, I took away from the preseason um, that I was we talked about. The def- on the defensive side, there is talent there for sure. There's also a swarming mentality to this defense where they're all moving and flowing to the football, uh, and, and it's an aggressive nature. Now, I'm not sure if that's from bringing in guys like Rex Ryan and Ray Horton and uh, you know all these other defensive unit, uh, defensive coaches to go with it, but there is an absolute energy on that defensive side of the ball. The problem is with the defensive side of the ball is they're making way too many mistakes, and they're being put in poor positions to make plays. Uh, the play calling has been very, very suspect by Greg Minuski um, throughout this uh, first two uh, first two games. He's been very passive. He doesn't seem to want to bring the blitz. And I don't know if that's because he doesn't trust the corners on the outside, which would make some sense. But this is not an exactly the best zone coverage defense that the Redskins have anyway. Uh, between Bostic and Cole Holcomb, those are two guys uh, that are not exactly the best in pass coverage, to be polite. It's just not what they are. Cole Holcomb is still a young guy, still still learning, and he's been very good at times where he flashes in the run-stopping defense. He does a great job of filling the gaps. He does a great job when he sees and diagnoses and goes, but he hasn't translated that exactly into pass coverage yet. That comes with time. He's a young rookie linebacker, but he's shown promise. Bostic, more of the same where he's a guy that's going to be in the run-stopping mode. Not exactly sideline to sideline and great coverage um, as, a, as a linebacker, but he's a guy that obviously you can still uh, uh, work with. The cornerback situation, again, dealing Redskins dealing with injuries. Norman has lost a step. Uh, there's some miscommunications between the secondary, meaning the safeties and the corners. And then, the again, the biggest thing that I'm seeing is they're not putting in or being put in the best positions to make plays. Uh, there were a couple times against Dallas where you watch the film where the Redskins corners will bail. And this happened with Norman quite a few times where he actually bails into a high safety spot. Uh, a position where he's playing the cover one in the center of the field and they're bringing Collins and Monte Nicholson up inside where they're going to pick up in some underneath coverage or if they're going to play some zone, they're playing the underneath zone with a high safety over the top, but Norman ends up being the one who bails. I think it's a terrible decision. Norman should be lined up on his guy. He's better in pass coverage than obviously a safety would be because then if he if it was not the case he would not be at corner he'd be at safety right like that just makes sense so having him bail out and putting uh, putting one of your safeties in a position where let's be honest they should not be in is not exactly the best thing i i, I get that you could be thinking all right we're going to confuse uh, um the, the quarterback and, and confuse him into making some difficult, you know, into in making a mistake. But the problem is you're putting your players in a less position 
to be successful. So I put that firmly on Greg Minuski, where he's bailing his corners out. And you can, I'm telling you, go back and watch it. He's bailing the corner out. He's bailing Josh Norman out. And, and Josh ends up coming in and playing a high single safety set. Where it, And this is happening, obviously, as the play is ongoing. And then we're bringing Collins or you're bringing Nicholson underneath uh, in, in, in the coverage situations where they're probably best suited, leaving Nicholson high, bringing Landon down in the boxes, run support who can possibly take the backs or tight ends out of the backfield, and maybe leave your linebackers inside where they can make some plays and roam free over the middle. These are just some things that I've noticed from the past two games where I think Minuski is actually over overcomplicating things and not putting his players in the best positions uh, to make plays. Now, with that being said, the guys that are in the positions, they have to be better and make plays. Norman got beat against Philadelphia uh, a couple times. He got beat against Dallas. Uh, what, what it was, uh, Gallup makes uh, makes a deep play. Um, obviously, not having Dunbar uh, is an issue, and this is where the Redskins secondary is being tested. Once again, there was, we all came into the season wondering if they were, if Dunbar was healthy, uh, with Norman healthy, would the secondary hold up? We thought the safety position was better and it, it improved. And having watched, yes, I think the safety position is much better and much improved with Collins in the box. I can't take that part away. They're not better in coverage, though. And that's partially because... Uh, the cornerback situation is being stretched so thin at this at this point with Dunbar missing time. Obviously, Dominic uh, Rogers Camardi now out. Uh, Jimmy Moreland, who's who's actually played really really well. Uh, he had a couple of really nice plays in Dallas where he flashed, but he's a young guy, and it, it's just and Norman has lost a step. It's the the corner situation for the Redskins right now is is a problem. Um, I personally had said they should have addressed this uh, with, you know, when Mika Fitzpatrick came, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick came out uh, as available in the trade block. Uh, I would have thrown a first-round pick at him, maybe not this year's first, but a second uh, next year's first, uh, because the Skins don't have a second-round pick. Same thing with Jalen Ramsey now being available. I think the Redskins need to address this. I know that we have concerns about the offensive line, but as of now, the old the line's done done okay with Flowers um, and, and, and Donald Penn, but. There needs to be, um, the corners need to be better. They're going to have to make plays. They're going to have to do a better job in coverage. There's there's just things that are happening where, one, Minuski's not putting them in the best situation, but, two, these guys are either getting beat off the ball when they're playing press coverage, or what they're doing is they're because they can't run with anybody, they're bailing off too far, and they're giving up big chunk yardage underneath uh, and, and then not making the tackles. That's, that's one of the biggest things. The run defense has actually been pretty good uh, for the Redskins thus far. Guys are in position um, to make plays. A couple times against Dallas, this is where Cole Holcomb, as a young guy, uh, has got to do a better job of not getting lost in the pile, in, in, in the uh, in the junk. He's got to do a better job of sifting through the junk and make a play. I can think back to the second quarter where uh, Zeke uh, ripped off something about a 15-yard run. Uh, the Dallas washed the off the, the Redskins defensive line uh, to the right. If you were looking at it from behind the play on the defense, washed the Redskins defensive line down to the right. Uh, Bostic had a chance to get up there and make the tackle. Cole Holcomb got caught in the shuffle of everything getting washed. He shot the gap when he really shouldn't have. Uh, and, and and Zeke came out the back door a little bit. I also blame Ryan Kerrigan on that one. He got up too far up the field. Um, if we looked at the film, 
too far up the field and wasn't able to uh, scrape down the line of scrimmage because if he got up one step and scraped, he would have been able to make the play. So he got a little bit too far up the field. But anyway, back the, the, the more the concern was the Redskins' run defense has actually been pretty decent. They've just been on the field quite a bit. Um, and it, it, everything gets exacerbated at this point because the secondary um, has been a little suspect and they've been put in some poor positions um, you know, thus far this season. Uh, the, the biggest concern other than the secondary play uh, has been the lack of a pass rush um, from Washington. Uh, Deron Payne had a chance at a sack, uh, didn't get it. Uh, 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 Dallas was able to get the pass off. Prescott was able to get the pass off. It ended up being intercepted. Uh, that was the first quarter interception. But in general, through two weeks, the Redskins' pass rush hasn't been quite there Um uh, Ionitis is not exactly the the pass rush specialist, uh, but he's he's he needs to do a better job. I, uh, there have been times where he looks like uh, he's engaging too high and, and being blown off the football and not being able to get into the backfield, uh, which is a bit of a surprise because he's been so good um, since since he was drafted out of Temple. Um, so that's been a bit of a surprise. I think not having Jonathan Allen obviously has been a, a concern for the Redskins and, and it's shown, but. Uh, Tim Settle exactly hasn't, you know, flashed like they that through two games that they had hoped. Um, looking back, I can, there were a couple occasions where he was, you know, blown off the ball. There were a couple occasions too where, as Minuski lined them up, instead of him being directly on the nose or, or um, you know, a yard off the ball, Settle was actually a couple. Uh, not, a, it looked like he was a couple yards off the ball, so he was further set back. And I didn't particularly like that because if your you know your offensive line only has but you know we're now reestablishing the the offensive line already a yard or two down the field with settle so far set back, um, so that's something where again I the player not being put in position uh, if that's where he's being told to play and line up not being put in position to be successful because of some sort of scheme or schematic uh, uh, plan by Minuski. Um, so these are things I know Gruden has said that he's, you know, through two games, it's not really to hit the panic button on the defensive coordinator. I don't agree with him there. I think there are already defensive minds on this Redskins staff that can do a better job of running the defense, Ray Horton being one of them. Uh, Rob Ryan, uh, a guy I would trust more than Greg Minuski to run my defense, um, albeit that, you know, he would not be my number one choice. Uh, Horton would be. Uh, so... Minuski needs to do a better job, and he's going to have to do it against Chicago. Okay, the Bears' offense is not great. Um, through two weeks, Mitchell Trubisky looks like he's taken a couple steps back, uh, which could be expected as a, from a young quarterback. He's still learning this league. The Redskins are going to need to be more aggressive, show more looks, while also playing clean for themselves to understand where they need to be um, and, and for them to be at their best, which means... I don't agree with continuing to bail the corners out and put them in the safety position and roll the uh, safeties into the box in, in man coverage um, or underneath uh, uh, zone. It's not working, um, and it doesn't suit the strengths of, of the players. Monte is an excellent field roamer. Uh, let him roam the field in, in the deep center field half. Uh, if you're going to play one single safety high, let him roam half and let your corners do what they do best, okay, and put them in position in coverage rather than putting them in position of, okay, bail out and cover an area, a large swath of the field area. Um, 
which which makes them uh, puts them in a vulnerable um, position. So Washington's going to have to be much more aggressive on defense in this against Chicago. They're going to have to do some more, be a little bit more exotic. They're probably going to have to bring some more pressure uh, in terms of extra men uh, into the box to bring up that rush because right now the off the defensive line is not doing enough on their own to get to the quarterback. Too often they're uh, being a stalemate and the pocket is too clean for the quarterback. They're going to need to get uh, Trubisky off the mark and make him, um, uh, you know, throw the ball, you know, on time when they want him to throw the football. Okay. So, uh, the defense is going to have to make, you know, a few more plays. Offensively, going into Chicago, look, the Redskins are going to need to uh, continue to find the run game. Uh, they're going to have to run the football, uh, and they're going to have to give some help in this week to whoever's playing uh, opposite end of Khalil Mack. Uh, Khalil Mack is a menace. Uh, I don't care if it's against uh, Morgan Moses. I don't care if it's against Donald Penn or if he's going to line up on the inside and rush up against, um, you know, one of the guards, uh, whether it's Flowers or whether it's uh, uh, Sheriff. The Skins are going to have to do a, a better job or give some extra bodies in protection to make sure that they can have give Keenum a, a clean pocket for the football, find some guys open, um, and, and make some plays. They're going to have to make some big chunk plays. Look, Terry McLaurin has shown that he can be a number one guy. Keenum had a couple opportunities the past two weeks to get him the football. I think that secondary in Chicago is asking to be tested again, and I think Scary Terry is going to be a guy that you can get the ball in his hands and he can make some big plays. So the Redskins have shown that they're willing to take some shots. They missed a few against Dallas. It was there. They didn't get it. But it's still an opportunity that they might uh, that should present itself against Chicago. I wouldn't be shocked to see if they try to test them early. This is a big game on Monday night for the Redskins. You fall to 0-3, you can pretty much mail your season in. It's going to be really hard to come back from. 1-2 is a lot better than 0-3. And, and, you know, it's, it's just the difference of one game. But 1-2 makes you feel good until... Uh, as you head into, you know, a couple weeks here with look, the Redskins have a really tough start to the season. So one and two coming out of this stretch, I think most fans would be like, okay, we can live with this. We can survive. We'll see what we get into where the schedule gets a little bit softer when we get to start to see uh, the Miamis and, and, the, New, uh, and the, the New York Giants where we can get a little bit of a breather. Hopefully we can get some wins and get back on track. This is a big night on Monday Night Football. And here's the thing, Redskins fans know this. Monday night has been the house of horrors for the Redskins. Uh, national televised games have just been abysmal over the past couple of years. It really needs to be a good showing from this team. Really needs to be a good showing. It's the type of, uh, of game where uh, it, it will not only make or break the season, but for Jay Gruden, it'll make or break whether he's going to be here another year. And I know there are people who are already clamoring and want him out of town and have seen enough um, from him. I, I listen. I, I've I've been uh, in his. I've been a staunch supporter for his for of his for a long time. I'm still in his corner. I think this is an opportunity where he could have moved on from his defensive coordinator. I thought it was time to move on from Minuski. But look again. Back to Monday night. It's a big game for the Redskins. It's a big game for this team. One and two is a lot better than 0-3. And if they can get some momentum going in the next couple of weeks, it's going to have to start on Monday night. So that's our wrap here of the counter tray. We'll get another uh, installment of this. We'll see how the skins do against Chicago. Uh, we'll break down the film of that game. And uh, in the next couple of weeks, we'll start bringing in, uh, you know, coach 
uh, one of the coaches I've been in contact with where we can talk about uh, some of the film uh, that we've seen for the past couple of weeks and kind of get a better breakdown where it's not just me, but we can get a coach's perspective um, from it as well. All right, so we'll catch you guys after the Monday night game. Obviously, Redskin fans, keep your fingers crossed. Let's see if they can get it done. And until then, I'll catch you guys later. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.